Welcome back to One Book That Changed My Life, where entrepreneurs and experts share one book and the life-changing principles they applied. If you love that flash, that spark of inspiration when a great idea just leaps off the page at you, but you don't have time for all the amazing books you run across, then this podcast is designed for you. In each episode, you'll discover business books, past and present, that are changing the lives of people just like you and come away with insights you can put into action right now. So let's jump into the latest book. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I have a very special guest, and uh, we're going to talk about The One Minute Millionaire. We've got a lot of fun things to get into. We'll talk about how it changed her life. Uh, so my guest today uh, is a one of the, I want to say pioneers of coaching, but definitely has uh, a lot of experience in the space and has coached a lot of different types of entrepreneurs, a huge breadth of experience in that space, coaching different types, different levels of entrepreneurs, even people that are coming from the corporate world. And so Gina's going to share how the book really impacted her life. Uh, she's someone that essentially helps entrepreneurs and, and people in other areas with money mindset and with increasing profits. And so you may have come across her books. You may have seen her interviewed. She's, you know, there's a bunch of YouTube and podcast stuff out there. I came across her through my friend, Mark Winnie's show, Natural Born Coaches, which you guys might be familiar with. So that's how she originally came into my world. And I'm excited to, uh, to have her on. If you're not familiar, um, we do run a podcast production agency. So if you want to run a show like this, where you got to get to talk to cool, smart people and have awesome conversations like this, uh, and also speak directly to your audience and nurture them with a message that you're trying to get out into the world. World. That is what we help uh, speakers and entrepreneurs and coaches and authors do. So if you're interested in that, you can check us out. There'll be a link around the uh, the podcast to check that out. Um, but first of all, Gina, just want to welcome you to the show officially. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. We're going to have right. fun. I know. Well, we will have fun. Uh, <laughs> lo- love the personality. So this will be, we'll have uh, a very, very good time talking not only about the book, but about your journey and your story and stuff like that. And you talk a lot about uh, five-star clients. And there was something that I caught that you were talking about in terms of um, thinking about like, what are the clients that you want to like come over to your house? Now I'm an introvert. So when I asked that question, <laughs> my, my thing was, Hey, uh, if somebody, la- if one of my clients landed in San Diego and just texted me out of the blue and said, Hey, Matt, come grab, I'll grab you a drink. Or I'll grab you a coffee. Who do I want to hear from? That was my, my, my idea of that phrasing for that question. But that's essentially one of the things that you help people do. So I'm curious when you run into somebody that you feel like is a five-star client for you, how do you explain what you do? Yeah, I think that the biggest thing that I do is flip their internal money making switch. Not, and I don't mean like let's get out there, you know, make some money. I mean like let's have fun. How how easy can we make it? How much fun can we have? Let's play off your, you know, your superpowers, and let's not play by the rules. If somebody else said it, this is how you do it. If you don't like those rules, let's create new ones. So to me, it's like yeah, we just get get to create whatever we want. And the more fun that we have, the more easy it is to make money. Yeah, that's one of the things I love about just being in the entrepreneur space, because I wasn't always, I would consider myself fairly least likely to be in the in the space. But I love the fact that we do really have complete freedom to build almost any structure. And you're right, so much of it has to do with the mindset that we bring into it. If we bring a very conservative, traditional mindset into it, we'll end up with a business that looks like a lot of other people's, but it doesn't have to be that way. And we don't have to attract clients in the same way that everybody else does. So I'm curious if we set the scene a little bit. So the the book that we're talking about, what were you doing at the time? Were you already in coaching? You know, what types of clients did you have? Like kind of set the scene for me a little bit of when you first came across the book. Yeah, I don't remember how or what, but the title, of course, sounds cool, right? The One Minute Millionaire. <laughs> it was about 20 years ago, so my business probably sucked back then. <laughs> it 
was probably very small and I was struggling to get clients, but I was excited about making more money. I was excited. I was really on fire about coaching. Right. I, at that point, not a lot of people knew what it was. And I don't know. Yeah, you had to be one of the first coaches to come out of IPCC, right? I mean, that wasn't, maybe they, I, they get started in like the early to early to mid nineties. Um, yeah, I don't think I got certified as a coach like in 1996. And yeah. then um, there's two, uh, the ICF, International Coach Federation, and the PPPC, they folded into one. And then they came up later with a, a master certification as a coach. And I was one of the first 20 that got that. I was the youngest. And I thought, oh, I'm a badass. Look at me. <laughs> that didn't make, mean I was making money. I just knew how to coach. But I was yeah. so on fire about coaching. All I cared about, I thought the, everybody needs to be coached. This is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was just on a mission to spread awesome. the word of coaching. I didn't know how to make money back then though. And, but I yeah. didn't really even know what I didn't know. Meaning I was so used to being broke. It didn't really bother me. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, did you, did you feel like you came up um, like not having a lot of money? So just like your, your financial set point was already very low. I think that we, no, I don't think that we were poor, but we, you know, my parents watched it. If you wanted the cool clothes for school, yeah, you weren't getting the cool clothes. You were getting the cheap clothes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it wasn't that I was broke, but I was just used to not having what I wanted necessarily. Yeah. And I didn't really ask for much, you know, if I could get some, you know, cup of noodles at the store when I first moved out of home, I'm good. Yeah, I know the feeling. I remember we, we my family still has the uh, the running joke of we can't get more than two items at Taco Bell, and those items can't be more than ninety nine cents each each one. It was it was it was a great day in my world when I started to make my own money and I could go to a fast food place and get the actual food that I wanted. Um, all right, so it's around that time you're early in your coaching career. You have all the coaching skills, you know how to coach people, you know how to get results for other people, but client attraction, I mean, you know, coaching was brand new. So you're on a mission to kind of spread the word, but people didn't really know what this was. I think real estate, where I come from, is one of the only business cultures where coaching was already ingrained. And the expectation was you had a coach. The only question was who. There's not a lot of other industries that are like that. No, it's true. So I, but I knew, I saw the potential. I thought back in those days, man, if I can make six figures... I will be rich. <laughs> so I think that's probably why I picked up the book. I loved it. And um, yeah. I also thought it was unusual because how each, what is it? The right one. Oh, it's been 20 years since I read the book. Good. Um, I love it. <laughs> but I, I, I tell my clients to read it all the time. I love this book. So there's two, this is so interesting. So there's on each page on the right side is a story. It's a parable. And on the left side is the how-tos. Mm, God, so it's like two books, it. two books in one. And I would rather read a story any day than, you know, like here's a how-to book, but I want to know the how-to. So I, it just totally engaged me because I was like, yeah, all right. If they could do it, I could do it. I could do this. They prove it. I could do this. So it just was totally inspirational. And I'm, yeah. Yeah. All right. So looking back now, so what do you think was the biggest shift for you? So you felt like you could do it, but what, what did you feel like you could do? Did it, did it raise your financial set point like higher than it had been before? Did it just give you a new sense of confidence that those, the people that were, that had done it before weren't any different from you? Do you remember what kind of made the most impact? Well, yes, to all those. And I think the biggest thing, what I noticed was, and it's why I refer it all the time now to clients is in the parable, there's a woman who has never been an entrepreneur. 
and she's faced with a deadline mm-hmm. and an emergency. And she's like, how am I going to do it? And I don't know how to get the money. Blah, blah, blah. And she became an entrepreneur. And in 90, she had 90 days to reach this goal. And she, I think what, what occurred to me was, oh, it was the mindset that there was a deadline. It was like a no kidding, this has to happen or something bad is going to happen to you that you do not want. So with that in mind, it, she made it happen. I'm like, oh, well, we don't need an emergency to make that happen. It's just the no shit. This is the decision I'm making. Game on. I'm giving myself 90 days. And if I'm all in, of course it's going to happen. I'm going to figure it out because I've decided. Like she decided, yeah, do I want the good thing to happen to me or the bad thing? The good thing. <laughs> and it's that how do you be all in without, when there's no emergency? You know, I always say to people yes. who, may, you know, who are comfortable in life, make for the worst entrepreneurs most of the time because they're not hungry for the money. They can yeah. just like keep procrastinating. They get upset because they don't need the money. Maybe, uh, you know, they have a bunch of retirement that they're using or they have a mate that makes good money and they're, they're comfortable. They're not in pain. So how do we create someone to be, how do we get someone who's not all in because they, it's not an emergency. They don't have to make the money. But I mean, people who are broke still can't get behind that decision thing, even though there is, even though there is something bad going to happen, they're going to lose their house. They're going to be broke. They can't pay payments. Mm-hmm. So uh, did you feel like you were, did you feel like you were in that position when, where you were in pain and that, that inspired you to, to take action on it? Or were you in that position where you were comfortable enough that even though you weren't making what you wanted to make, like you had, did you, did you find yourself in that position where yeah. you had to motivate yourself, even though yeah. you weren't in the most severe pain? Absolutely. Okay. It's like, yeah, okay, that was I same really, because I think that we think that we're all in, but we're not really, we're talking yeah. about it. We're thinking about it. We're doing the actions, but I don't think we're truly like, you know what? I've decided this is concrete, just as concrete as if I were to go on vacation. If I'm going on vacation, I set the date in my calendar. I make arrangements. You know, am I going to fly? Am I going to have to, do I get a hotel? Like it, be, it come, becomes a thing. We plan for it. Where I think when we're talking about clients and, you know, making money, we're, we're talking about it. Are we really doing the needle moving actions to have it right now? Or are we just keep building out for future? Yeah. All right. So let's take a quick detour into coaching. Cause I'm, I'm curious about your experience with, let, let's call it your average five-star client, right? Um, what is it that makes you recommend a book like this? What are they typically struggling with and how does this help them break out of that? I think that uh, most of my clients are building towards something. They have a project or a, you know, a product, or in my case, I have a lot of coaches, so they teach programs and they're building it. And then their big thing is, but what if nobody buys, (laughs) right? I'm building this thing. And what if they do not come? (laughs) And it's like, yeah, that's a real thing. They might not come, but you need to get your head in the game and plan as if they are coming. And a whole lot of them are coming. Because when you come from that mindset that they are coming, we're going to make different decisions. We're going to make it the best it can be. We're not just like, well, let's just try it and see what happens. I mean, I like, I do like the whole attitude of let's make this an experiment so it doesn't feel heavy and like, you know, it's a, this pressure filled thing that has to work. But let's plan for the masses. Let's plan that this is going to be a success so that we can make really smart choices along the way and, and be excited. If we're not excited about what we're doing because we think it might fail, 
then it's really hard to have the mojo that's going to attract the people, right? If my, mm-hmm. I, I believe that mindset dictates everything. Yeah. So I, I would rather be super excited. I'm going to go the extra mile. I want to do that extra cool thing because I'm so excited. I want to have this intuitive, you know, download that comes into my brain that says, oh, you know, it'd be really cool. We should add this thing to it. And then you're like, oh my God, I'll be so badass. And then you're just like all in, you know, you don't have that when you're like, I'm not sure if people are going to buy or not. Um, it's so true. That the whole time, right? It's a sucky energy. Who wants to wake up and feel that? Nobody. Yeah. And, and coaching is so much of, um, transference of emotion, transference of enthusiasm. I mean, that's a lot of times what people are looking for to get out of coaching. It's the same way, you know, a lot of sales is done. Uh, you know, the reason people respond to one salesperson over another is the transference of, of enthusiasm. And I'm yeah, at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with that. Like you can't fight human nature. That's like, that's what people want. And so, yeah, if you're, if you're out of the game in the sense that you can't get hyper enthusiastic about your own thing that you're selling, it just like, you don't always see it. But yeah, it sabotages you in small ways. And like you said, it, even if it just keeps you from getting that one little idea, and that the idea might be the thing that tips and just makes the thing work. Yeah. And, it might, it may, and here's the thing, that idea may or actually may not be the catalyst to the person buying or not buying, but the way it makes you feel, because you feel like a badass when you're doing it, you're like, man, this is so spot on yeah that that energy just keeps helping you like magnetizing clients because you Mm -hmm. think you're a badass because you just made this extra good (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh so is there anything else that stands out from uh, from how like when you give this to clients is there anything else that you interesting that you've noticed about people as they're going through that that process of like resetting their beliefs about money you know you, you talked about even for yourself before we hit record you've got a you know, what is that? A nine figure, nine figure client, 10 figure client. Uh, I don't know what a yeah. billing with a B I'd have to, yeah, that's, that shows you how good I am at math on the fly. Um, <laughs> but you like, you've, you've had experiences in your life, even though you're already coaching people on their money mindset, you've had experiences that keep pushing your own money mindset, right? So you're, you're going through this and, and continue to do it. We all, we all have room to grow. Uh, is there anything else that you've noticed as people start to, uh, push that set point higher? Is there anything that, um, that's been really, really helpful or any, any shifts or commonalities that you've noticed? Well, I think that we're all, you know, we talked about this earlier, but I think that we're all playing with this internal set of rules that we don't even actually see that are governing us, right? Like, oh, it takes this long to build this. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, I do a lot of online launches. And I remember, I think it was about three years ago, I was, you know, I love doing free challenges. I'm like, okay, I'm going to set my next challenge. And it was for a big online launch. And I'm looking at my calendar and I was sitting and I was getting my hair done at the time. And my hairdresser's like, what are you trying to do? You've been sitting there with that calendar in your lap for like a half hour. I'm like, I'm trying to find a week where it will work. She's like, well, you got space right there. I'm like, no, it needs to start on a Monday. She's like, why? (laughs) Um, Because that's the way I was taught. Oh my God. I can't, you know, like I just was trying to contort myself into it must start on a Monday without even questioning it. Now that might seem stupid now that you're hearing me say that, but I think we're doing that all the time. Yeah. Like this is just the way it's done because this is the way I've done it before and it works. So we're going to yeah. continue doing it this way. Yeah. That's it's like, so interesting. Well, why? <laughs> why? I know it's, uh, it's, it's become a cliche, but unfortunately the meaning has been lost, but yeah, like thinking outside the box means stepping outside of just questioning things like that. 
you know, and it took somebody else to go that had no knowledge of challenges to go, yeah, well, why does it have to start on the money? It's like, because that's when challenges start. Like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> I, I totally get it. Because yes, it's like in, in the online world, like that's when you do it. Like it, that's, that's what happens. That's what, that's what's taught. Uh, and uh, it, yeah, it's a very weird thing. Once those things get stuck in our brain, it's, it's hard. It's hard to break those things. Let's take a quick break from the conversation. Are you interested in running a podcast like this? Then check out our done for you service and grab a 15 minute podcast brainstorm call. We'll talk through your podcast idea and the business behind it. So you'll know exactly how a podcast can attract ideal clients and bring you five to 10 X return. Schedule your call today at pursuingresults.com. And now let's jump back into the conversation. All right. So let's go back to, um, let's go back to putting yourself in a, in a position where you're, you go all in on something where it's, you're kind of getting to the next level, right? You're comfortable financially. Your family's fine. You're not going to lose a house. You're like, you, you know, you've got people like Elon Musk that go, okay, I'm going to take all of my stock and put it into the next company. I'm going to live on someone's couch. Cause that's, that's how I'm going to motivate myself. That's fine. If you're single, right? That's not so great. If you've got, you know, a spouse and kids, you can't, you can't do that. You have to make sure if you've hit a level of comfort, you got to stay there somewhat and then kind of take your chances built on that. So how do you help people get into that space where they all they are all in, even though it doesn't technically affect their lifestyle anymore? Yeah, I think it's it, you have to reconnect to, well, why do I want this? Not just yeah. because it's a goal. Like I remember for years, I said, I want to do a million dollar launch. It was like the Holy Grail. And yet I keep missing the mark. And then finally, I think it was two years ago, my coach said, um, well, why? I'm like, well, you know, at this point, I actually don't even care. It doesn't, mm-hmm. I'm just so used to wanting that. I don't know. There's no juice behind it. I don't yeah. really know. I don't need that. But before it was to prove that I could actually do it. That was yeah. my main reason. I mean, yeah, would I love the money? Sure. But it was to prove that I could actually do it. Like I had the marketing skills. I had a worthy offer that I could enter in most of all, because I love the whole game of mindset, that I was energetically lined up with a seven-figure launch. Yeah. So I was like, can I do that energetically? Do I believe that I could have that? I believe I could have the marketing skills. Mm-hmm. I believe I have good offers, but really it comes down to what's my mindset. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to reconnect to, well, why? For the sake of what? What's it going to give me? Because if I'm really, because con- a lot of people aren't motivated by money. Most of my clients aren't motivated. I am. I love money. I like talking about it. I like making it. I like spending it. <laughs> I like it. I like it's. It's a game. Yeah. And it's not a game for the money. It's a game for, can I rise to the occasion? How much fun can I make this? How easy can I make this? Whatever the way that we're getting it is. Mm-hmm. How much value can I give in the process? And, but we, if we're not connected to why, then it doesn't really matter. So like, what's your shopping list for why you want the money? Whether it's I'm paying off debt or I want to invest in help in my business or I want, like in my case, where, you know, I, my dream was to own a, a lake house. I'm a water skier. I just want to ski during the summer. It's all I want to do. It's life. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you find the place and then you're like, oh, I need the money for that. Right. Cool. Okay, like, that's my why. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting because you say it's all about the money. But at the end of the day, you have specific things that you want to do that give you some joy and some fulfillment. And those things require money. Um, yeah, it's uh, in the entrepreneur space, it's really easy to get sucked into that. Like you mentioned with the million dollar launches where it becomes less about what you want and proving where you stand in the social ladder of other entrepreneurs that, you know, because who doesn't want to be on top of the ladder? I mean, we got into entrepreneurship for a reason, 
uh, you know, <laughs> we want mostly want to be on top of our own ladder, but we'd like our ladder to be a little higher than some other people's ladders. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just, that's just the way that we are and that's okay. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really, um, it's interesting. Like most of the people that I know, especially, uh, especially on the clients, right? Cause when people get into podcasting, a lot of times it's because their, their mindset has shifted to more of legacy, long-term significance, contribution, fulfillment, like pouring into other people. Right. And so I, so I work with a lot of people that are at that stage. So a lot of times they've already gotten through the stage of I, I ran hard, I pursued, I achieved all that stuff. And then I realized, Oh, that wasn't really what I really wanted. I wanted the status of that. And now that I've got that already now what's next. So I, so I have that experience of working with a lot of those people. So it was very fortunate because then I, I w- was late, able to look down that path and went, how about I skip that phase where I, where I make myself miserable and I just go straight to <laughs> the stuff where most of my friends end up anyway, which is pour, pouring your life and your energy into other people. Uh, and I think, yeah, if, if for, for any entrepreneurs that looks at other people that are more successful by the status stuff, what you don't realize is a lot of times that's what happens. And I was just really fortunate. And so were you to probably meet a lot of people that went through that phase, came out the other side, and then they go, well, that just wasn't all I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. So anything else? So selfish question. Um, when you work with somebody that has uh, limiting beliefs about money, um, you mentioned pro, you know, launching programs, believing that, you know, uh, questioning whether people will show up for things like that. How do you get them into that positive state and an enthusiastic state where they believe about their own product, the way that they would want, the way that you want them to convey it to their audience? How do you get them to kind of shift mental gears, even though those limiting beliefs probably come from childhood stuff? Like it's stuff that's, you know, like it's, it's deep in there. It's not something you can just snap your fingers and resolve. How do you get them through that point to where they can start to see some success to where they get that enthusiasm naturally. How do you take get them to take those first steps? Yeah, definitely practice. Uh, it's yeah. it's a constant. In fact, I just opened this membership because I was. I usually do create things because I want seeing what clients are doing, and it drives me crazy. It's like, oh, we can't progress <laughs> so fast enough because of this thing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I need a way to keep people's mojo up, and it has to be something that's in their face every day. Even though people say when you open a membership, you don't overwhelm them. Don't do something every day. I'm like, no. People need to remember that mindset is more important every day because life wants to throw you off that train. It wants to hand you stuff that just makes your brain hurt and, you know, your mindset suck. So it's constant when it comes to money mindset because money is in our face every single day. We, we make choices based on money almost every day. So one is, again, going back to, well, why is this thing good? Why is like, instead of it's not about me, am I good enough? It's, does the product rock? Does, does, is this something that you feel you are proud of? If so, let's focus on what are the qualities and how it's going to help people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I learned this a long time ago. It didn't come from me. I used to work for a seminar, like a personal growth seminar company. And they would always say, you know, when in doubt, focus out. Because when you're all like scared about, are people going to buy? Or is this potential client going to think that this price tag on this thing is too much. You're worried about you. You are not worried about the client mm-hmm. at that point. It's all about you. Yeah. you know, do we want to make money? Of course we do. But if we're focused on the client and we're just worried, if we're m- most concerned about how can we serve this person, even if serving them means referring them to somebody else, then we're not going to be all wrapped up and like, oh my God, are they going to buy or not? 
So it's just reconnecting to let's do this and create this for our ideal client, which I call five-star client. And how can we just focus on that? Then we don't have to be worried about ourselves. Mm -hmm. So there's that. And you know what? The truth is I have to try so many different things. Like I teach classes on this and every time, every I'm hitting them every single way that we can because one way works for everybody and they have to be constantly reminded. And the other thing I like to do, like, how can we lighten this up? How can we make this a game? Mm -hmm. Like, this is kind of hysterical that we're getting all wrapped up in this whole money thing and making it diminish who we are because we think it's more powerful than us. Like, it's a joke. It's just paper, right? We're giving it all this meaning and power. I'm like, treat it like a dog. That dog is your bitch. It needs to follow you wherever you go on a leash, right? Like it might want to go sniff in the bushes or whatever, but you got the leash. Just yank it along. Right? We're going to keep on going. It follows you. So tell it what you want it to do. It's not foe. It's friend. Yeah. They're like, yeah. let's have some fun. Don't have amnesia, people, about how awesome you are. <laughs> I do like that, though. That's a great It's a great strategy of gamifying and just kind of taking some of the pressure off and making it as fun as possible. It does help. I find that with... Um, yeah, just with with my team, uh, even on our business development side and things like that, just putting it down to to numbers and making it a game to hit the numbers and and things like that. Just yeah, taking some of the the seriousness out of it, it absolutely does help. But yeah, hitting them from every angle, I I can see that being absolutely necessary because your mindset doesn't just change usually, and it doesn't just change and then stay that way. It's a especially when you're trying to make those leaps, you have to like steep yourself in it and it's got to like percolate every morning like having your like having yeah, your and how can we how can we just make this light instead of it's just this big hairy deal about money yeah. you know i just was talking to someone right before we met and i'm I've been talking about doing this like a card deck you know where you pull a card and it has yeah. like an but this isn't an affirmation type deck and it's going to be on money and i'm like yeah we're going to make the cards truth or dare and she's like well what does that mean I'm like, well, truth is like, you got to tell a deep truth about yourself, not to anybody else, but to yourself. But the dare, we got to get people in action, but we have to switch it up and make it fun. So we're going to call it truth or dare. You know, it's just how can we make this just, you know, light it up. <laughs> light it up. <laughs> well, I like that approach that that makes sense. Um, yeah, taking say, taking something that's very serious and and very much like wrapped up in our identity so it hits like right at those insecurities about who we really are and who we're destined to be yeah it's got to lighten up a little bit okay so how does somebody know that they're a five-star client for you uh like if i just met because they they know they look at me and they're like you're it i like your vibe (laughs) if somebody likes your vibe how do they connect with you <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you go to masterpiececoaching.com, you'll see more than you ever wanted to know about me. And peace is spelled P-E-A-C-E, like inner peace. Um, and since we're talking about mindset, there is a freebie, of course. Um, if people want to go to more clients now template.com, more clients now template.com, there's just a sim- it's a simple little process. You'll get this little template. It's a daily thing. Uh, obviously, you know at this point, I love daily things because if not, live will want you to, you know, just take you off track. But just keep your head in the game so that you're focused on the good stuff rather than all the things that aren't happening yet. Because there's evidence all around there, us that we are making progress, except we normally think we're not making progress unless we hit those those big achievements along the way. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough to keep that in mind that a lot of times progress is happening below the surface. It takes time to pop up into 
tangible numbers sometimes. Yeah, I love yeah. it. All right, so the book is One Minute Millionaire, a classic. So we haven't covered it on the show yet. So for anybody that's listening, hopefully go check it out. Uh, it's been uh, it's been years since I read it too. So I need to go back and uh, you know look relook at my own money beliefs. Well, I think we all need to do uh, to do that. So, but I love the point about really reconnecting with the why because a lot of the people listening are going to be in that situation where your your daily life is probably you're not, you're not in jeopardy of losing the business, losing the house. Like you're fine in that sense, but you've still got big goals and you've still got to wake up in the morning on fire to chase those. Uh, and it really comes down to, like you said, reconnecting with the why, why is it important? What's it going to do for you? Uh, what does it give you the ability to do? Why is that important? Like those kind of really deep why questions. Uh, and it's a good reminder for me just that I need to start uh, again, reconnecting with some of those those things. So, all right, Gina, thank you so much for being here. It's an honor to have you. I really, really appreciate your time. I know uh, you've got some traveling to do tomorrow, so our time is limited, but uh, hopefully people will go and, and connect and kind of get into your world. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Thanks for listening. Thanks for rating and reviewing the show. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other entrepreneurs and experts. Every time you share the show, you're putting life-changing ideas into someone's life. Now, to get the micro-famous field report that helps you turn your expertise into a lifestyle business without spending all day on social media, go to microfamous.substack.com and enter your email to access it for free. That's where you get all my podcast episodes, articles, sketches, videos, everything goes into the micro-famous field report. So go to Substack, sign up for that today so you get that. And stay tuned for the next episode of One Book That Changed My Life. We'll see you there.